0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to worship on this Sunday from the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, September 11th, 2022. We are so glad that you have joined us for worship today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Today is indeed a day that is blessed by God and a day in which God kind of steadies our spirits and souls as we commemorate uh, the events of, uh, I guess, 21 years ago, the loss of uh, so much innocent life and the heroism of uh, countless people who stepped forward into the breach to uh, to try to save the day. Uh, over 4,000 people lost their lives that day, and uh, I think it's about 500 or so of them were first responders or, or people that were... Uh, in one fashion or another, trying to assist those who were uh, in the tragedy. We are mindful of all of that and we uh, honor their memory today in our worship service. We are worshiping online and in person, you know that, don't you? And we uh, recognize that it is a time in which Mass are not required, but they are recommended, especially if you have some anxiety being in other people's. Uh, presence. Feel free to uh, don a mass. This is your choice. We ask only that you um, are mindful of everybody else's sense of health safety as you go about being with one another in worship. Today's flowers are here honoring Dale Donaldson from his wife Joni. We are uh, thankful for the life of Dale, which was a part of this parish for so many years, and that uh, Joni is, is still with us. We, we cherish our memories and our present time with Joni. There are a number of announcements that you have seen come up on the screen, and I am wondering, since I have about a request to repeat eight of them, um, are you are you looking at the screen when you come in and paying attention so that if I didn't repeat all of them, would you still have a sense of what's going on in the life of the church? Candy is saying no. She doesn't read them at all. She has to be told exactly what's going on. Um, uh, how about the rest of you? With, uh, the whole, th- One of the advantages of the technology is that the announcements are up there for you, so they're screening through, and I don't need to get carried away and make 10 minutes of announcements at the beginning. I'm going to start blaming the length of the service on the announcements and not on my sermon <laughs> from now on, all right? Just fair warning, fair warning. Today, all of you guys and gals who love the fact that we are trying our best to have a green campus, uh, today is your opportunity to meet after worship um, in the fireside room of Alton Hall with Agnes and others who are uh, wanting to think about how best we can do that. So if, if that is of interest to you, and I hope it is of interest to many of you, please make a point to stop by after worship. On your way across the causeway there, you're going to bump into Jeannie uh, Severance with a clipboard in hand, hoping that you'll be wanting to say that you'll be coming to our first Saturday supper in September. So please, it's going to be a, a marvelous thing. Please keep your eye open for her and uh, sign yourself up. We're having it on Saturday. It's the, it's the Friday night dinners um, push today. And happening uh, more often than not at church. And this one on the 24th will be happening in Alton Hall. Later today, at sep- no, tomorrow, tomorrow at 7 p.m., the uh, Social Concerns Committee is hosting a webinar on homelessness in our area. There are going to be two speakers. One is a woman who uh, who actually we helped not be homeless, who was on the verge of Homelessness, or had been homeless on occasion here in our community, telling us uh, from her point of view uh, what it's like. And we will also have a person from our school district who helps deal with our children who are who are homeless and need some assistance. Um, so both of those folk will be present with us at this Zoom tomorrow night at 7. You can get the address through the church office. We also are reading a book, a really uh, good book. It's called Made, and you can see it on the uh, on the screen to get the specifics about it. Uh, it's a thin book, but it's a good book that helps to uh, open our hearts to the real-life situation of of moms and kids who are trying to do their best and not end up in this spiral that has them on the street. The author of this book was in and out of shelters a number of times in her effort to transition from marriage to single motherhood supporting a child on her own. So it's, it's, a, it's a concern that maybe many of us are not... Um, existentially aware of, you know, haven't really let into our hearts. And the book, the book helps you to uh, think about those circumstances and ultimately how we as a, as a church following the lead of love might be responsive in a helpful way. Our Caneo Connect is meeting on Tuesdays. 5.30 is when the dinner is, and then the program starts after that. This month is September. It's at the Thousand Oaks campus. We have a planning retreat in the offing uh, the end of October. Uh, we are encouraging everyone that has a passion for the church and a concern for our future to be a part of that Deliberation that will be going on. So kind of mark on your calendar right now to save that time. Right after worship, we'll greet one another. We'll then go in and have this retreat for a couple hours, and lunch will be served. So it will just make for a little longer of a Sunday. Our dear hearts in the meteor booth. Do you see a new face back there? My God, that's Tim Bonds. Holy smokes. We need uh, Tim and a couple others to uh, step forward and help us because that lady on my left, as we're looking, do you see her there? You know her as Joanna, our program secretary. She is now Joanna, our, well, she will be next week, Joanna, our past employee. Oh, don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. This is a good thing in her life. Well, we're not a selfish group. We're not a selfish group. We're looking for everybody's goodwill, everybody's advancement. So, Joanna, we celebrate this with you. We are sorry to have you leave us because we have become so reliant on you, but... Joanna's family is now at the age where she can work full-time and doesn't have to show up and pick them up from school. Actually, there's a car in our parking lot right now that her son is driving. Can you imagine that? Do you remember him when she started? A little smaller than he is now. So, Joanna has found a, a, well, I shouldn't say... a. I'm going to say lucrative, full-time job. Jo- Joanna has found full-time employment that suits her family. And so we celebrate with her, her stepping forward into this next stage of life, even though it is a sad bit of news for us. We, we celebrate that, and we wish her well. But what it also means is that one or two of you have the great opportunity to be a part of that team. And that team is going down in history for being super For this church. Uh, These people have stepped forward. You know, none of them when they were five or seven thought, you know what I want to do when I grow up? Uh, None of them thought of that, but they have now found themselves being totally satisfied adults working in the sound and video booth. So that awaits you. That opportunity awaits you, and we hope that you will uh, seriously Seriously consider it, because as you know, um, more than half our worshipers right now are online, and we thank you for tuning in to us and being a part of our church family. So we have one more thing going on here, and I'm going to invite Christy Douglas to come up for about 10, 15 minutes, and you, you know that the clock is on, right? All right, Christy Douglas. Why are you here, Christy? What's going on?
1: ...here to share some wonderful news about an event we are having next Sunday here at the church. The Women's Ministry Group is hosting a fashion tea party so we would love for any women in our community not just in our church bring your friends bring your neighbors this is an opportunity for fellowship and food and fun and to reach out to those in our community who maybe don't have a church home and might want to join us for a non-church activity to kind of dip their toe in right so um we are having a cabbie fashion show so raise your hand if you know what cabbie is Walt knows because his wife certainly loves it. Cavi is um, a a clothing line that is sold much like Tupperware is sold, um, in-home parties. So we're having an in-home party here at our church. A wonderful um, consultant, Kirsten, is coming to help us. Um, Some of our church members will be acting as models, um, showing off some of the pieces, and we will have the opportunity to play dress-up. And if you see anything you like, you can um, make some purchases, and a portion of those sales will come back to our church to help um, with our Apportionments. So it's you can do some shopping and feel good about it too. So we hope that you'll join us. If you have any questions, um, Agnes Doherty and I are here and happy to answer any questions. Agnes and my mom Pam and I are all wearing cabbie today from past seasons, so you can take a look at what some of their past offerings have looked like. I know many of you um, own lots of their clothes already, but we hope you will join us for a fun day. No pressure to shop, but if you do, you can know that that, um, some of that money is coming back to our church, so thank you so much.
0: All right, thanks, Christy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Various ways of, uh, of drawing people onto the campus for the church and supporting the ministries of the church. Today we continue with our sermon series on things that matter to families and how the resources of faith and church can assist in developing and strengthening our families, helping them to navigate the journey towards health and towards wholeness. So let's put our resilience to work building the body of our families. Let's center ourselves and begin worship.
2: join with me in our call to worship and remain standing for the hymn and invocation. We come today to worship with our family and friends. May we be blessed by the grace of God. We seek strength for the journey that helps us live, love, and seek peace and justice for all God's children around the world. May God steady us and empower us on our journey. God, show us the way to life abundant and help us live our faith. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Lord, God, we pray your spirit be upon us in this time of worship that we might be nurtured in our faith and inspired in our lives to follow in the love of Jesus toward all our brothers and sisters. Help us to build healthy and compassionate relationships that witness to your grace. Amen.
3: Pastor Christie is back with you. I get to read you a story today out of one of my very favorite books, Wild and Wacky and Totally True Bible Stories by Frank Peretti. And so today I want to read to you a story about Jesus and the little children. And it's called Just the Way You Are. So, Frank says, I've been looking for a new pair of sandals. But these hardly look new. They've got holes so big that my toes are leaking out. Whoever walked around in these babies probably wore their feet out too. Jesus walked all the time just to help people. His sandals probably looked something like these. One day, Jesus and his buddies hiked through Judea. They taught the people there to spread the good news about God. Everyone seemed to be getting into the spirit of things. Well, everyone except the grumpy guy named Melvin. He didn't like crowds. Oh, moaned Melvin. Swarms of people are rushing this way. Come on, Jesus, let's sneak down another path. There he is, a mom yelled, toting her two children. As the mob rushed over, the grumpy guy threw himself between Jesus and the crowd shouting, go away. But the determined parents ignored him pleading, Jesus, please bless my child. Jesus, can you heal my son's wart? Lord, please fix my daughter's voice. She can't sing a note. Melvin shouted, get back. Take every wart, every vocal cord, every wet little face home. Jesus is too busy for your germy rug-wrapped. Calmly, Jesus said, let the kids come to me. Jesus opened his arms and he hugged all the children. Hello, Rachel, Jesus said. He brushed his hand across her little head. Good to see you, Hannah and Roberto. Something tickled Jesus' toes. Was it a bug? He looked down and discovered a little girl playing with his sandals. Would you like to try on my sandals, Ruthie? The child beamed as she put on sandals that were way too big. Jesus, shouldn't we be doing something more important? Asked the grumpy guy. Don't we have hungry people to heal and six people to feed? Or or something like that. My dear Melvin, said Jesus kindly, I also love to spend time with little children like these. Jesus gathered everyone around and spoke softly as he was sharing, as if he was sharing a big secret. God's kingdom belongs to children like these. No one can go to heaven without becoming like a child. The grumpy guy's eyes filled with tears and his lower lip began to droop and wiggle I can't go to heaven if I'm not a little boy, Melvin whined. That's not what I meant, answered Jesus. Children have the qualities God loves most, Jesus explained. They trust him and they're open with their feelings. They have faith in others and in these ways we should never stop being like children and we should always stop to help children in need. Grumpy guy wiped away a tear. I'm sorry from keeping these little ones away, he said, even though they have wet faces. Jesus smiled. Your face is pretty wet too, buddy. And Melvin's grumpiness slipped away. Clasping hands, everyone formed a circle around Jesus and Melvin began to sing. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, any color, dark or light, they are precious in His sight. Jesus loves the little children of the
4: world.
3: Melvin learned one of the best lessons that day. He learned how important it is to help all people, no matter what they look like, where they live, or how young they are. Jesus loves everyone and we should too now take a good look at the people around you and do something right now to help someone else a good deed shows how much we care and reminds people how much jesus loves us all let us pray mighty god thank you so much that we as children are called into god's kingdom Help us to show love to everybody we meet in all that we do. Bless us this week as we go back to school, hang with our families, play in the backyard, whatever we do. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, have fun in class.
0: pray. Holy God, hear the stirring of our spirits and the yearning of our minds, the hopes of our hearts as we join with one another in prayer this morning. We think this morning of the of the souls lost in 9/11 and that great tragedy here for our country and in some ways for this this world of ours. And we we pray for those who are still in a very real sense grieving over these losses and are finding their lives uh, damaged and and touched by pain and and hardship. For those who are suffering illnesses as a response to this, for those who are finding it hard to move forward. We pray your, your healing grace would be upon them. Help us to find ways to live in this world that such events will not be a part of our story. We think of the places around the globe in which there is war, in which there is oppression, and we realize that much still needs to be done, famine and drought plague different countries and different parts of this globe. Call us to revival of good stewardship of our planet and of one another's lives, that we might emerge into being a loving family, of your people. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We think this morning of Kathy Drake and her husband, Ken, of Bill Notoff and wife, Sandy, of Brother Jedder and Sally DeLong as they, as they deal with cancer, the treatments, and the way in which it affects their family and loved ones. We pray for their strength and we pray for their support. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For Bill Kahn and Kim Flintoff as they move through their time of hospice. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. For the Rivera's, Mary Nolan, Evelyn Rogers, Carolyn, Syracusa, Cindy Friconi, as they all deal with healing from medical procedures or injuries, we pray that your power would be with them. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We think of Michael Lamberg, son of Stephen, who is recovering from hip surgery this morning. We think of Crystal Newkirk, as she goes through the difficulties of her pregnancy. We pray for them both. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. For the sister of Susanna Jud Newkirk, who is going through a difficult time now in life, we pray that you might help her find her way. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. And as our gaze is, is uh, given to the situations of the world, we also think of England and the grief the country is feeling in the passing of its queen and then the taking on of King Charles. We pray that all would be well in this transition. O oh Lord, hear our prayers. For those suffering of COVID and those being caregivers, we, we pray your strength. Oh, Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for our church as it continues in its ministries through these times. We ask your help, Lord God. We ask your help in maintaining and increasing our effectiveness and our vitality. May the good we do be pleasing in your sight, and be to your purposes. We pray this all in your Son's holy name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us.
2: scripture is from Luke chapter 8 verses 24 and 25. They went to him and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he woke up and rebuked the wind and the raging waves. They ceased and there was calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? They were afraid and amazed and said to one another, Who then is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Join with me. May the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight. Well, that is a beloved passage, isn't it? One that we probably remember from our childhood. And if we think about it, it may be one that we still appreciate a great deal now that we are moving further along in our lives. Jesus and his disciples are out on the, on the Sea of Galilee. And a storm comes up during the evening, and the boat is being battered around, and it's taking on water. Disciples are are in a panic, yet Jesus is sleeping through it. Now, those of us who went to the Holy Land and saw what's called the Jesus boat may wonder how that actually happened, because you know that boat is only like 15, 18 feet long. You know, how could they be on top of each other with Jesus still sleeping through it? But it it gave us a sense to picture it, to kind of picture the story, to to sense how it may indeed have happened. When I when I've sailed in my my little sailboat on the on the coast by Ventura, uh, even on a non a stormy day, the, the seas can be high enough that on the low point of the swell, water is above what we see. The Sea of Galilee may not have that kind of high seas, but it can turn quickly from pleasant to unpleasant seas. One of our trips to the Holy Land, we went out and it was sunny, and when we were out there, we were covered with such fog that we could not see 10 feet off of the boat. It had changed that quickly. Well, it changed for these folk, and they were in a bit of a panic that they are now caught out there, and a storm is brewing. And so the disciples appealed to Jesus to to save them, And he stills the storm. And the disciples are amazed at Jesus. They're amazed over Jesus' power. And Jesus is amazed over the disciples being amazed. Their lack of faith. What Jesus did physically then, Jesus does emotionally and spiritually now for us. Jesus is there for all of us. We just need to open ourselves up and to believe. Call out to him. Let Jesus into our lives. Intentionally walk with Jesus through our life, and we will have that resource of faith as a companion facing our storms and our challenges. We're talking about family matters this month because families matter. We want to harness the resilience of our resurrection faith and help our families towards health and towards wholeness. All families go through difficulties and challenges in their lives. It's just the way that life is for us humans. We want our home to be, to be places of safety where chaos stays outside the door and the qualities of peace and calm and caring And understanding and respect and kindness. All of these qualities reign inside the doors with us and our loved ones. That is what we want. Yet, indeed, life intrudes and challenges our dreams about family and sometimes our desires. There are birth defects, there are childhood injuries. There are successes and disappointment at school and at the workplace. There is love experienced and love lost. There's terminal illness and there is death. Life happens. Life happens to us, life happens to our families. Have you had an opportunity to look at a a good piece of tapestry? I mean, real tapestry, on the front or the or the top side of it, it is just beautiful, isn't it? It It's just gorgeous. Yet the back or the bottom side is a mess of threads and of knots. I think it's a good analogy for for life. Life is a tapestry of events. And of emotions, which, which might look like a mess from underneath, from our distraught point of view, perhaps, at the time of challenge, yet is glorious and beautiful from the top side, we might say from God's perspective or from the long view of wisdom and the perspective of time. We can weather the storms of life well when we work together with our loved ones, our families, and we keep the resource of God close. I would suggest that walking through life with Jesus is important for a healthy family life. Look to Jesus as a member. Of your family. Jesus can strengthen our resilience. Jesus helps us to manage the storms and emerge from them as best we can, wounded perhaps, but whole and ultimately stronger and perhaps even better. So parents, grandparents, caregivers, put on your oxygen mask first. Do you remember that book? Did did you read that book? That was kind of fun, wasn't it? Airplanes have emergency procedures that they advise us on, and one of those procedures are that the adult should put their oxygen mask on first so that they then are sustained in helping Their children or their dependents that are around them. And dealing with distress in life, I would suggest that parents, grandparents, caregivers, well, you get yourself straight with God first so that you can help your kids. Develop your spirituality and your trusting faith in God, so that that is who you are, that is your center point. Do that. And model that then. Teach it then to your children for their use. They will see you using it, appreciating it, and they will take it to heart. I had some ice cream once, and Dylan hadn't had ice cream yet, and he looked at me and said, can I have some of that? And I said, no, it's just for me. I did not say that. You know I didn't say that, right? I didn't say that. I said, Pop Pop loves ice cream. Do you want some ice cream? He likes to do this. And he said, yes. Develop your spirituality. Lead your children forward in their faith. When challenges come to one of you in the family, all of you will link hands, hearts, and spirits and help one another through it. That's the blessing of having loved ones around you. A person of developed faith, a person who is walking with Jesus, who has Jesus in his or her heart, That person can be the still center in the storm that swirls around the family. Be at peace, and all will be well. Sometimes, just one non anxious presence is all that's needed to turn away the mob to lower the temperature, to still the voices, to weather the storm, and come out okay on the other side. So parents, grandparents, caregivers, this is your job. Show, Show the kids how crisis or difficulty is handled. What's the best way? What's the medical way? What's the psychotherapeutically healthy way? Be that for them. Help them with that so that they can learn how to do it themselves. Dare I give a football illustration? Yeah, I'm gonna. That great quarterback for USC. Do you all watch that game yesterday, by the way? You Bruins, did you happen to catch that game? The quarterback, for I think for over a decade, has been eating certain really healthy things and exercising in a certain kind of program, has followed a pattern of health for body so that he could excel. He now thinks that's normal life. He thinks that's how life should be. Now, if he was brought up on burgers every day and fatty French fries every day, He would have thought, that's the way, that's the normal way, that's what mom and dad did for me. Parents, grandparents, caregivers, we have a great opportunity to influence for health, for wholeness, for helping this child of God become the best he or she can become under the circumstances of their lives. Perhaps the pandemic has kind of taught us that as we've kind of had to hunker down and do things with one another, for one another, and one of our behaviors affected the other's well-being pretty clearly there for a while, didn't it? We've done well. Keep that mindset up for the opportunities that are in front of us. So two quick words of advice. Two quick words. One, concerning relationships, respond, respond, don't react. Respond to the circumstances that come to you. Do not knee-jerk react to the circumstances. Now, we're all in, a, in kind of a habit of saying, people make me mad. You made me mad. You hurt me. And we point a finger and we accuse the other. We're in a habit of doing that. But you know, the choice to allow what that person did or what that person said to anger or hurt your feelings is your choice, actually. We give others power over our emotions, yet we are taught that we really have the power over our emotions ourselves. And we can exercise that power. Now, being the people pleaser that I am, maybe you didn't recognize that because I bother you on occasion. But being the people pleaser I am, many clergy are that. They just seek to... It took me a long time to, to learn that that I actually was really responsible for my emotional well-being. It's not an easy lesson to learn, but it's a lesson all of us need to learn, that we have the ability to perceive what is happening around us, to take a breath, and then respond in as healthy a way as we can to that rather than knee-jerk reacting in anger or feeling of threat to what is around us. So, turn off your hot buttons if you can, or at least tone them down, right? Make them less whew, quick to snap. Snap. Be centered, take a breath, stay in balance, and then respond to what is happening to you. Hard lesson, but oh so important. Second thing, concerning our health. We are our bodies, right? We really are, yet yet more importantly, we are the core of who we are. See if you can get the difference I'm trying to draw here. Yes, your body is you, and when it gets ill, you feel miserable. Yes, that's true, that's true, that's true. Yet, you are more than your body. At bottom, you are yourself, or as we like to say, you are your soul. Rolling Stone had an article some years ago called The, the Toughest Man on TV, and it was about Michael J. Fox. Do you recall that Fox became very famous for being a, a TV sitcom actor with Family Ties and Spin City? And then he had some movies, Back to the Future, Bright Lights, Big City, Doc Hollywood. I loved Doc Hollywood, by the way. If you haven't seen that, it's just a lot of fun. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in 1990, paused his career, and most everybody thought his career was over. And then a decade or so further along, he was back in the news because he was starring in a new sitcom. So he was interviewed. And he said, there's a fascination with what it feels like to experience something like this, he says, like my Parkinson's. I'm much less in the physical part of it than I am in the kind of emotional part of it and the enlightened part of it. So he's kind of distinguishing now a little bit between his physicality and his emotionalness. Things like the fog, things like the fog lifting and the extremities calming down that doesn't change the driver I was five minutes ago. That just changes the car that I'm in. You see what he's trying to say here? I'm just in a better car now. So he, he somehow figured out what's called disassociation, from his body, to be able to live with his body and work as best he could with what was happening to his body. It might, this kind of disassociation might feel kind of odd, yet it really is essential, essential to life, for for all of us to recognize the me inside of the me. Me especially when stuff is happening to the body of the me. For as much as a sense of wholeness involves the body and a sense of of wonder over its complexities and the miracles of life is really crucial to our healthy sense of living, we want to kind of have that, you know. Our bodies, though, are terminal and we die and our bodies will break down and they will cease functioning, yet our inner self, we believe our soul will live on. And so the child that loses an arm, or the spouse who is infertile, or the, the older adult who gets Parkinson's has has the opportunity, through the spirit within, matured by the influence of God over years to continue on living and continue on in a productive and a healthy manner. They can weather the storm with the resilience of their resurrection faith. To see themselves, yes, as someone with a physical problem or a a unique or or a difficult challenge, yes, 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 true about themselves, need to have that, yet also to see themselves as someone who is more than that situation or that circumstance, becoming someone who can move forward as well as it is possible for them to move forward. The problem, the challenge, no longer defines the person. The inner self, the soul, is allowed to define the person. Well, both of these postures being responsible for your own feelings and your own actions, and seeing yourself as your essential self, not your circumstance. Both of these postures, both of these postures towards life can be taken and aided in taking by your faith in Christ Jesus walking with you through life. Jesus helps us work well with others and with, and with ourselves. And with, with him within, we can weather well the storms of life we're talking about family matters because families matter take these words of advice to to heart with your faith you have the resource you have a resource through the storms of life our resurrection faith is the backbone of our resilience and the way forward to health and to wholeness. Amen. Today is a second Sunday of the month, so it's a Mission Moment Sunday, and our mission committee has allowed us to use this mission moment for the purposes of our church and denomination. Uh, You know that we are in the midst of a a special appeal for apportionments and benevolences, and so we're going to have a mission moment this morning on apportionments and benevolences, and we'll begin with a a brief brief little video.
4: In our divided world, our church is united in our desire to help the hungry feed themselves, educate and empower tomorrow's leaders, health and wholeness for all, and so much more. When all of us give toward apportionments, we are united in our mission to serve and be disciples of Jesus Christ. Apportionments mean we do more, and we do it together. Ministry together through apportionments make a significant difference in the lives of God's people. Learn more at umcgiving.org.
0: So umcgiving.org is a place that you can go, and you can go online there and get more details than you've uh, read in my letter, or that you'll you'll hear me say apportionments. A portionment is what some people do with that word. It's a handy way that that some people use for understanding apportionments, apportionment for others. They are the funds requested from the local congregation, apportionments and benevolences are, for the work of the area conference, our California Pacific Conference, for our circumstance, and the denomination. So simply said, it is the cost the cost of the denominations and the conference's existence and its ministry spread out among the local congregations of the denomination, apportioned out, you might say using that word a little differently, to all the churches in an equitable manner. That equitable manner is created by taking into account for all of the churches, taking into account that particular local church's expense budget and membership size. Those two things are what determine what the apportionment asking is from the general conference and the conference of each local church. And those churches which have larger budgets and larger memberships Get larger of an apportionment asking, and those churches with smaller membership and smaller operating budgets get smaller askings. Without this funding, the work of the larger church suffers, and the doing of good of the larger church is weakened. So now, you've received a mailing from the church, which, is, which was highlighting the work of apportionments and benevolences, what is done by our giving to apportionments and benevolences locally, nationally, if you paid attention, locally, nationally, internationally, such as compensation for bishops, for DSs, for missionaries, for the office staff of all of those structural hierarchy things of the church across the globe. Bishop Hagia here. Bishop Edward K. who is the United Methodist bishop in Ukraine and Russia. We have one that's trying to walk that line between those two warring countries. His salary is paid by apportionments. Missionaries throughout the world. The denomination's offices, Nashville, Washington... New York. Hospitals, clinics, seminaries, and schools are paid for by apportionments and benevolences. Our African University in Zimbabwe, the the one seminary of the Methodist Church on that continent is paid for by our apportionments. Claremont School of Theology, an hour down the 210, is our conferences seminary. Our apportionments support that seminary. Apportionments and benevolences generate student scholarships and payment for community organizers who are doing good in various situations of rural and urban settings. Rachel and I both received scholarships when we went to seminary. We got those scholarships because people a generation in front of you guys gave to apportionments, and the quantity of money in that scholarship fund was enough that we both received scholarships going to seminary. My kids worked in a community uh, job here in, uh, in Oxnard called Ventura County, Clergy and Lady United for Economic Justice. Both of my kids at some point worked in there as a part of the staff. Their pay was partially covered by grants out of our conference. Curriculum, publications, and archives are supported by apportionments and benevolences. The Micah Bible study that our uh, Social Concerns Committee is leading or led us through, that Bible study was written and published by apportionment dollars. Cokesbury is our publishing house. Congregational starts and renewals and new strategies for the future of the denomination of the conferences are supported by apportionment giving. We have received a $20,000 grant for Caneo Connect it comes from giving to the denomination. Emerging congregations, new church starts, are supported by apportionment dollars. During the pandemic, all the clergy's pensions were paid by apportionment dollars, not by the local churches because of the stress of the pandemic upon the local churches. Interdenominational... Relations and interfaith relations, our participation in those things, are paid for by apportionments and benevolences. If you think the Christian church has a good word that it needs to say to a warring world, well, your apportionment dollars are helping to support our bishops and functionaries of our denomination to participate in these collaborative discussions of peace. One of our prior bishops, Marianne Swenson, just finished a tenure on the World Council of Churches. Her flying there, her flying back, we all paid for with our apportionment dollars. And then the one you know most is our crisis and disaster relief, uh, UMCOR. When we put in money for UMCOR, all of it goes to the people in need. Our apportionment dollars pays for the overhead of UMCOR, so that when we're motivated in the time of crisis to give to the disaster, every penny of that gift goes to the disaster. Apportionment and benevolences are the way by which you link arms with other United Methodists across the community and the world to get these good works done. Our reach and our effectiveness is multiplied by this connectional pool of resources and personnel throughout the denomination, throughout the globe. Just as we had UMCOR come here for our Thomas fire and for the fire here in our community that raged up and burned some of our homes around here, just as we had UMCOR come and help us with our own personal disaster locally. It also helps elsewhere around our nation. So to sharpen the point, apportionment and benevolent support is the way we are expected as United Methodists to express our faith and to flex our stewardship muscle to transform the world. Together, Let us make a difference in the world as United Methodists. So I encourage you to please give this September to our apportionments and benevolence appeal and help us meet this obligation of our faith. All right, thank you for hearing me out. Andrew.
2: You are invited to share your financial resources via the instructions that will appear momentarily on the screen to help to support the ministries of Christ that happen through our congregation. If you are worshiping in person, you are invited to take advantage of the ushers who will be passing offering plates down the pews. Your generosity is needed to keep us going, to keep us doing the good we do. So give generously and be part of what happens in people's lives through the congregation of UMCWV. Ask that you bless these gifts and that those who give them that our ministries in your Son's spirit might thrive helping your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven amen
0: This service has been a blessing to you. Healthy and happy families. Learn how to deal with differences of opinion, pain and illnesses, failures and disappointments in a way that builds up and heals rather than breaks apart and further wounds. This is what we aspire to. This is how we want to be as people, as family, as church. Our faith helps resource us in being resilient and growing towards wholeness. Let me just remind you that our hospitality committee is outside with some good uh, nibbles and drinks. God bless them for helping us to, to be a family that enjoys being together. So be sure as you leave to enjoy yourself. Let's work with the Spirit and one another, making this a great day. Stay safe, be healthy. Know that you are loved. Be blessed by that Spirit and be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen.